You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned. I'm thrilled because this week I have a special guest. Her name is Malky Grossman, and she is the owner and designer for Silver Lining Custom Gowns. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing really well. Getting through the winter. <laughs> <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? It's terrible. Everybody's coming down with something these days. <clears throat> just actually getting over a really, really, really bad cold and bronchitis. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so we'll excuse you, you know, for sounding a little, you know. Under the weather. Under, under the weather, completely. Yes. So I'm very <laughs> curious to know, what inspired you to start designing gowns? So I always have, like, a neck for fashion. I, like, my husband makes fun of me, but everybody knows that knows me. I have a passion for fashion, and that was always inside me since I was a little girl. I really, really love fashion. I always look at things differently with a different eye. Um, I can always look at something that something's not so beautiful, and I can always turn something upside down and say, oh, my gosh, that could be beautiful. Or that girl, you know, who doesn't have such so much self-confidence, you know, she feels so badly about herself. I can make her feel beautiful. I can make her feel beautiful inside and out and make her look in the mirror and say, wow, I look good. So for me, it's like the inner drive of, you know, wanting to help people to actually help themselves and feeling beautiful. It's really, you know, sometimes it's, you know, the, the clothes make the man. Sometimes it's the outside that really sometimes really needs to just give like a kickstart on the inside. I really, really feel like if somebody feels good the way that they look outside, they automatically feel good inside. You know, obviously the other way around too, but since we're talking about fashion, that's where I stand. Yes, and I definitely can relate to that because I've had a passion for fashion myself for a very long time. And I think that when someone feels good in what they're wearing, they're definitely going to radiate confidence. Absolutely. It's all about confidence. It's all about literally just raising your head up and owning whatever you're wearing. Sometimes I say to people, like, if you're just, like, wearing a regular black dress, it doesn't have to be crazy, crazy over the top. As long as you feel good and as long as you have that poise inside you um, that you feel like you're, like, shredding down, you know, a runway, it really, really makes a difference of how, you know, everybody put to, everybody's put together. And I just don't put together a gown. I'll put together a look when, when and if a client lets me or wants me to. Like, I'll go from the actual designing of the gown towards the actual, you know, all the accessories that, are, that should be worn or shouldn't. I feel like sometimes if the gown is so over the top, sometimes less is more. Sometimes um, a little more class is also great. And then, like, you look at the runways, you know, at all the awards, and it's like, her gown is stunning, but she's wearing a thousand pounds of jewelry, which is taking away from the actual beauty of the gown. So you kind of learn, you know, what the do's and don'ts are through, of course, everybody else's mistakes. Or even like if I look at a photo of myself from 10 years ago and I'm like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? You know, sometimes less is more. It really, really depends on the person, their body type, um, and also just, you know, what look they're actually trying to go for. Yeah. and. So can you describe the design process for you? Okay. So the design process basically is there are two types of people. Some people will come inside to me and be like, hey, I want this picture. I want to look exactly like this picture. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if a person decides to, it's obviously easier to maintain an actual look. But when somebody's a little bit heavier, 
it's very hard to shift somebody's mind from an actual image that's inside their head that they actually want to achieve. You know, sometimes a bigger girl cannot be looked like a size two girl, which is totally fine. I'm able to help somebody, you know, grow from their, from, from their actual thoughts of what they wanted, their inspirational pictures, and then we create something for them. So, so, the, so, the, so basically they come in with a picture, um, and then we design and we draw, and then we discuss fabrics that would actually be a right choice for their body, for their body type, or for the design, because certain fabrics don't always work for different designs. That's A. Customer B would probably be like, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm all yours. Look at me. Help me. Help me. And that's when my real creativity comes out because I look at the person. I get to talk with them. And it's just not like, here's a dress on the rack. It's more of like, what are you doing? Where are you going? You know, where are you going? What's your personality type? Are you an over-the-top type of person? And then I'll look at their body type and then draw up something from there. Once, you know, every, every, every part of the process, the client is totally involved. I don't jump ahead 10 steps. I always involve them and via the drawing, fabric choosings, and of course through the fitting, all my customers actually know that I always critique by every fitting. Are you okay? Do you need something to be changed? Do you feel better this way? Would you like for me to raise something? And when we custom make something, it kind of gives us the leeway of raising a, um, a neckline or lowering a waistline or expanding or contrasting. And basically, we take the garments apart at least between the first four fittings, literally apart completely, just so the client feels that we're making changes to their wants and needs. Um, as well as, you know, it's a slow process. I don't do every, something overnight. It can be done overnight. I've done things overnight, but I don't recommend that route as, at all to anybody. Right. So you're really tailoring it to the person. Yeah, and for sure. For, for their wants, their needs, their lifestyle, um, their creativity or, or lack of creativity. Sometimes, like I told you before, sometimes simple is just so classy. You know, and then you have those customers that are just like, I want to be a disco ball. You know, it just, it really, really, it really, really depends. I work with so many different types of people from our community, you know, people from Long Island, people from Monroe, people from Williamsburg, people from Borough Park, people from Georgia um, who are non-Jewish as well. So the, the, the level of creativity is extremely vast, um, and as well as the knowledge of obviously, you know, sneers and stuff like that are also counted into it, but depending on the person. So being creative on all those different levels, I really find extremely intriguing and really, it really makes me happy when I see somebody looking absolutely beautiful and they're down and they're dress and then they send me pictures oh my god it looks so great you know everybody complimented me and you know sometimes it's just the person needs just that little push of confidence that little push of like look at yourself in the mirror and sometimes I'll tell everybody bring your heels bring you know your hair with you so you actually are able to see the actual look and then we can design also you know like I said earlier with accessories and things like that, like what are do's and don'ts type of thing, you know? Yeah. And first of all, we should know where you're located. Where are you located? <laughs> okay, so I have two places, one in Brooklyn. I have um, a place on Brooklyn and Avenue I and J in East 22nd. And my second place right now, I started to cater to people in Long Island, which is in Cedarhurst, that I have a small little studio here as well. Um, so pretty, 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 you know, accessible to whomever, you know, that, that needs to come to me, as they say. Well, that's, def- that's great. That is great. And mm-hmm. so have you always been involved in a career of fashion or is this? So this is actually an, an, an extreme passion. So I actually um, went to college for... Um, I'm a behavioral therapist by trade, um, and then I went to FIT 
kind of my parents were like, you must go to college and, you know, do something of yourself. And then afterwards, you kind of have to go and take some classes and do whatever it is to pursue your dream. And I really find an extreme outlet and and an extreme personal satisfaction of looking at a person and looking at them radiate. There's nothing in the world that makes me happier knowing that your customer, your client feels so happy the way they look because you help them make that feel that way. And when they came, came in not knowing what they're doing and having no level of <clears throat> ideas or, or thinking that they would never be able to reach such a level of either class or grace wearing our piece. Yeah. And I mean, I, can, I completely agree. And it's interesting because I am a special ed teacher during the day. <laughs> and this whole, um, the, the, my involvement in the fashion industry is something I've always been passionate about. And it, it is, I guess it, it, initially it was hard for me to see like where I could fit that in to my For sure, schedule. And schedule, mm-hmm. but you know, making it worse. So, so I got you. I got you. Listen, we we all we. I think we all have like things that we need to juggle. But I feel like designing is really like my actual calling. Whether it's for brides or for you know whatever it is. I I was <clears throat> I was a dresser for somebody um, um, in some in some Hollywood scene um, in Georgia, and it's just so nice that you're so appreciated even outside the community, which is such a nice breath of fresh air to have that balance of being, you know, you know, respectful to our community and then as well venturing out into the bigger, you know, in the bigger schemes of life. Um, I really also find that really beneficial and really rewarding inside. It really makes me feel really, really, really good. Yeah. Diverse, the, word, the word diversity. Yeah. You know, and, and throughout this whole process, I've been meeting so many people in the industry, and I have to say that there's been this common thread of kindness and generosity, which is really amazing to see. You know. Yeah. I, I def- oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that I feel like sometimes we have this perception that, oh, the fashion industry is like cutthroat. And, um, you know, people are just like stepping on each other to get ahead. But I haven't felt that way yet. I mean, I'm sure it's out there because there's always some of that out there. But well, there definitely is something like that. Like when I started, I, you know, originally when I started in Brooklyn, I did have um, a competitor that really was going to take that was going to do anything and everything to take me down. And I was a little nobody a couple of years ago and I was scared and I was timid and my husband kept on pushing me and he said, why would you let somebody step over something that you're so creative about in your dream? And then kind of weirdly enough, the Amuna and the Bitachon of like Hashem give Parnassah exactly to whoever deserves it. And if you're going to do it in the right way and if you're going to do it respectfully, there's no shame in doing anything. And that's the way I went. And that's how I got through that hard time that, you know, they literally terrorized me. And I didn't even want to get through into that. I personally, I, I, I applaud every blogger. I'm very pro everybody. I'm very, you know, nice about it. I'm never interested in, you know, getting ahead. You know, if, if somebody finds my name and somebody finds my doorstep, then it was meant to be. And sometimes I'll even have customers that have gone elsewhere and then come crying to me two weeks before the wedding to help them. So that's basically, you know, the way things are, the way Hashem works. But um, truthfully, the actual business, I mean, I mind my own business type of thing. I'm not interested in overstepping anything, and I'm not interested in doing anything. When somebody comes to me, they will have my personal creation. Um, if somebody else decides to copy it after, call a vote to them. But, you know, you will have my own, per- you know, this is your piece made for you by me. Yeah. As for, you know, everybody else, you know, I don't, I don't know. I really, you know, I feel like life has so much to offer to be sucked into every little nitty gritty detail of everybody's, 
you know, patheticness of trying to get ahead. Whatever is meant to be is meant to be. Whatever is supposed to come my way is supposed to come my way. And that's the way I deal with my clients as well. It's not a stressful process. It's an easygoing process. It's not like, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. You know, I hear so many gallon disaster stories. It's very, very easygoing. And people that know me know that I'm really here to help you and to please you and to make you happy and for the process to not be stressful. That's really what it is because people really get very, you know, involved and crazed over the wedding phase and the gowns and the this. It's really not a big deal. It's a really calm, slow, and steady process that you have the exact time and things like that, it really is a wonderful process and people have to just be patient to see the results. Brides are happy. Moms of brides are happy. I mean, I have so many, so many happy customers. I like that a lot. I'm very optimistic in nature and I feel like you obviously are on to something and on the right track. Thank you. And I do, I've seen some of your gowns. They're really gorgeous. Speaking to the ones Mm. that have a lot of details, like, you know, your use of lace and your use of feathers and embroidery. What's your favorite embellishment to work with? So for me personally, if somebody knows me, all my friends are going to be like, okay, Maki, Maki and feathers. Maki loves feathers. I loved feathers before they became in, actually. Um, I just think it gives a little extra pizzazz. But um, that's my personal opinion for myself. When I go shopping for fabrics or when people that, you know, I send to go shopping for fabrics, I'm very, very, very particular on the feeling of a fabric. I'll go and I'll feel it. And I like to make sure that each fabric is not flimsy, that it's rich and things like that. It really depends. Like a mom of a bride would love beading. But then I made a bar mitzvah dress for a bar mitzvah mom that was – that was a really beautiful silhouette with like beautiful poof bottoms. The whole entire gown was white lace with white feathers and it had so many different layers underneath. I love to layer just because I personally love the level of richness of something. I don't necessarily have to. Um, it's always trial and error. If somebody's a little bit heavier, Sometimes they would need a little extra more coverage just to cinch them in. And I'm not talking about thickness of fabric, but just layering to create a vision of um, richness towards the fabric. And also that, that layering also helps the physique as well. Skinnier people, always more thinner people, would probably have um, an, an option of just having a just stunning fabric and you're good to go. But it really depends, like I said earlier, it depends what community you're from, what style you're looking for, what levels of tones of richness. Sometimes, be- like sometimes we could just layer loads and loads and loads of chiffon and ruche it and just make it absolutely beautiful and whimsical. So it really, really depends. I love different fabrics. Sometimes an actual overextended fabric like 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 a beaded thing, you have to just have a very, very, very regular like um silhouette versus if you just have more of a thinner fabric that doesn't have so much detailings in it, you can actually ruche it or detail it. So it really depends, like I said, of what style somebody is going for. And then I would be able to tell you what fabric somebody would be great. Or somebody would be like, I must have beading. I must have beading. So I'll be like, okay. So these are your options of beading, meaning this is how we can layer it. This is how we can use it. This, this, lay, this option of beading works for this type of silhouette for your body. So it's not just like, here, I'm making you a dress. Goodbye, good luck. You're leaving. You know, a, lo- a lot of thought gets put into it. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of um, work gets put into it. And definitely a lot of heart gets put into it. You're not getting just a piece here, take goodbye, you look stunning and goodbye. I'm not the type of person that's going to sit and say, oh my God, you look stunning. I recently redid a gown from scratch from somebody. She was like a repeat customer for me and I just didn't feel the gown on her. I literally, it just didn't work for me. I redid the gown from scratch for her because I wanted it to be perfect and not, and have my seal of approval versus going to another store saying, oh, you look stunning. Thanks for paying me my money. Goodbye and good luck. 
I want each customer to feel like that they are really, really catered to and really given the proper time, attention, and for them to feel like everything was taken care of, you know, and not just taking your money and going and throwing you out the door. Wow. And it's, I mean, it's amazing your dedication to, to the client and what they, what they want. I, I think yeah. I remember seeing a gown um, on your Instagram. It was lace and there was feathers. I believe it was like around the waist, which was really beautiful. A white gown. So could be. It could be. It could be. <laughs> it, could okay, be. it could be. It could be. Hard to remember every single gown you've ever designed. But exactly. Um, I, and plus, I don't post everything that I make. Also, I do have customers that prefer to have their their. Um, their pieces just, you know, specifically for themselves and not to be posted to the world, which somewhat I can respect, but it's like, oh my gosh, I killed myself for this. Like, I want a picture. But again, you know, we do have to, exactly, exactly. I, I just, I really, really do. But, you know, I have to respect my customer's privacy as well. But it, it kind of, it's not amazing. It's not the most amazing feeling because I know that they look sickly amazing and I don't have a picture. But it's all good. It's all good. I have to respect my customer's privacy as well. So we also maintain that level of trust that I'm not going to go and do something behind their back. Yeah. And how is it different designing for brides versus designing for other clients? Oh, I was just telling this to somebody the other day. Um, to actually design for a bride is much more easier than to design for anybody else. For some reason, the silhouettes are mostly pretty easy and simple. Um, you know, it's either trumpet and it could be, you know, ball gown. It's pretty, pretty simple for silhouette-wise. It's just like, the, it's just basically the material. And for for having the brides need to have the patience for things to actually come to life because, I'll tell somebody by the first fitting, you will look like you have a garbage bag over your body. So do not freak out. And this is the pre-forewarning that you have to expect something to be an extreme rough draft. You know, um, something that's so, so, so rough, you know, you can't envision. And a lot of people of what I see, I would say 99.9% of people do not have that that vision of what the gown will look like. I have the vision. I drew it up. But still, from the paper to the body to actual reality takes a little bit of patience. But bridal is pretty simple um, in regards to silhouettes. The hardest part, I think, is just picking out fabric. So then we go back to square one. Most brides say, oh, I love this gown. Oh, I love this gown. And I'll say, what do you like about this gown? And what do you like about this gown? And then we can incorporate that, whether it's fabric picking or style, into the new gown that we're creating for them. Yeah, and I did. You, I used to work for a uh, bridal gown business and also mother of the bride and all of that. And I know you have your muslin fitting and that does look yep. like a potato sack. So it's it that's when they start flipping out. <laughs> They're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Just calm down. It's just calm down." No, I I tell them from day one, just like you need to take a breath of fresh air. By the end of the third fitting, you'll be able to see a vision. But by the first two two fittings, just come as is and just let me like pin you up and let me do my thing, and then I'm ready, you know, for you to critique me and listen to all of your comments. You know, and listen to hear, you know, what else, you know, you think should be done or should be changed. So what are the current trends for evening wear? So right now, let's see, we're kind of going into now, we're, we're, we're in right now the winter. We're kind of, as, as fashion designers, we're always ahead of the game. The, big, the biggest trends right now, I'm just, it doesn't necessarily ha- have to be, you know, actual garments, but it's more of like how the makeup actually transpires together with the garments. There's a lot of bejeweled braids. There's a lot of two-tone eyes, a lot of wavy, a lot of wet, a lot of sparkles, a lot, a lot, a lot of sparkles that are really, really, really in. There's a lot of, you know, all over color, you know, very, 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 very bold. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of brights, there's a lot of, 
Sure, there's, you know, there's a lot of, I think, honestly, when you look at the runway, anything goes. Like, you'll see somebody wearing a pair of, like, leopard shorts with, you know, mm-hmm. with leopard, leopard with some crazy off color. I like, I like big and bold. I love the crazy runway, high, high sleeves, the detailed sleeves. But again, not everybody can carry that off. You know, every so often I'll have a customer be like, I want to look like a runway model. I'll be like, I will make you that. You know, it's not everybody, you know, that wants to do that boldness. But from all the designers, I mean, like Ali Saab, they're just beautiful, beautiful fabrics, beautiful, rich toned fabrics that are just structured really, really well around the body. That's what really, really makes a beautiful gown. It's a beautiful fit, and it's beautiful fabric, and it's, it's kind of really, really simple. Um, I mean, if you want to follow the runway trends, I mean, we can go crazy bold silver, crazy, crazy sparkles all over. But, yeah. again, not, ev- not everybody really wants to. It's a lot of big poof, a lot of poof, a lot of poof sleeves, a lot of, a lot of um, like, embellished collars, embellished, like, ruching around the neck, really yes. big and beautiful. And you know what? I love it. I love it. I can personally rock it. But then, again, you have to take each client as an individual and just be like, does this work for you just because it's on trend or just because, you know, Haley Bieber wore it or whatever it is on the runway doesn't necessarily mean what works for her body would work for us. You know, so people always have to take their body into effect to, to, a, to a, you know, it, to consider, you know, like, okay, just because it's on the runway doesn't necessarily mean it will look good for me. That's why I feel like having somebody like a stylist to be able to tell you, yes, this is what works. This is what doesn't work for you. I just did a gown and we did these huge elaborate sleeves. She wanted them, but I had to cut them down because they were literally enveloping her. You know, it's just, we can do stuff, but to, that, that works with yeah. the person's body, that it shouldn't swallow them up completely. Yeah, and, um, you know, you could take elements from their inspiration or from their picture, from the runway, and then you just make it for them. You know, you can use those pieces. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And, for example, um, I saw your emerald green gown that you designed. It has stunning green embroidery in the center. So uh-huh. how do you approach making modest clothing look feminine and tasteful but still embracing a woman's figure? Okay, so let's start like that. So everything has to be if we're going to be completely, you know, covered up. Um, I always say height is a woman's best, best asset. And especially if you're going to wear a gown, definitely, you know, if, if the silhouette allows it, wear the highest, highest heel. Some some brides or some people will be like, just wear wedge sneakers. Nobody's going to see it. You just need to have that height and presence. Now, in regards to modesty and the green embellished gown, um, you know, since we custom make things, we always have the option of where to where to leave a lining. People, some people have the option of lining all the way up, or we can have some sheerness going on. It really, like I said, depends on the particular person and the particular customer and their modest, you know, values and morals of how far or how low we can go. But again. I think a beautiful, modest gown doesn't have to be all opened up. Give some beautiful height, beautiful, beautiful, embellished, beautiful beads or rhinestones, a beautiful cut, and I think you're beautiful. You know, put the whole picture, the whole package together. So in regards to modesty, it's to each their own and to everybody's personal level. And um, even if a gown is completely covered up, and completely lined, it can be so beautiful, classic, effortless, and graceful. Yeah, and obviously, I'm sure there are a lot of tricks of the trade, you know, in terms of elongating someone's figure, whether it's, you know, the the, the cut of the gown for, yeah. you know, different people that are some someone's petite, um, you know, or making the eye like drawing the eye towards towards like the center of the just just different right. things like that. Correct. I think agreed, agreed, 
we look at somebody's assets and say, hey, you know, she has larger hips, so we're going to cinch her by her waist, teeny, teeny, tiny, and then we'll create some sort of something or other like um, a flap on each side, you know, to have something poofy to create the level of the eye should not go towards their problem areas. Absolutely. It's to each body their own, and everybody's body does have an asset. I've never seen somebody who never had something good to work with, even though they say, oh, I'm a mess, I'm a mess. But I do believe that everybody has beauty within them, and it's just to really keep the eye from going elsewhere and to have the eye focus on the body's better, better, better parts. And how do you get your clients to step out of their comfort zone? I mean, I know you said that obviously you would never push someone, you know, if they have a simple aesthetic and they like, you know, clean and modern and elegant or, you know, you wouldn't make them, you know, wear crazy embellishments. But No, of course not. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to, you know, give, sometimes they want it. They just, you know, they want don't it. see it. They don't have the vision. They don't have the vision. So, so like this. So this is the art of having fitting. So by each fitting, once we actually have and create like somewhat of like a normal silhouette type of thing for a person to actually see some vision, then we can always, then I have other accessories like overlays and sparkles and feathers and cool things so once we have an actual like piece then from there we work on and then I'll be like hey what do you think about this what do you think about this and then I'll physically show it to them on them I'll either pin it to them or temporarily sew it so they're able to actually see that vision because I just had a customer the mother's like I hate feathers I hate feathers the wedding was just last week they're like oh my god it was so amazing and I put I didn't push them but I actually just kind of showed them the option and they absolutely fell in love with it so it's kind of baby steps really really baby steps I don't push anybody to do anything I'll give somebody my personal personal opinion and I'll tell them I really think it's absolutely beautiful but if you don't feel comfortable I'll never push you to do something like that. But what I do do is I am armed with other options once I do have a silhouette created and the actual client sees something there and be like, oh, we need this, we need this, we need this. Then I'm able to show it to them on them, and then it kind of grows on them. And very rarely do I get shut down and say no. But, um, again, I respect everybody, and they, all my customers know that I'll give them the honest opinion of what I feel looks absolutely beautiful for them. Yeah, and you're lucky because you have time, hopefully, in most circumstances, you have time on your side, so you get to, you know, do that process, and it's like cracking open the nut, you know, like slowly, slowly, so that's... Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, that time is of the essence. For an actual gown to have a really nice, nice process takes three months. Three months from top to finish that it's a non-stressful situation. When you get to two months, it's still seemingly okay as long as there aren't any holidays in between. But after two months, it's really crunch time to the point that everybody gets stressed out. So whoever has weddings, the earlier the better. And to start the process earlier is definitely much better just because, you know, it gives us time to calm somebody down if they're nervous and it gives them time to see the process and work through the process versus being rushed through the process. Definitely. And I'm curious for myself because I recently went shopping with a client. She was short-waisted with a curvy figure and she had a fuller a fuller midsection are there any flattering silhouettes that you suggest so short so usually the break at the stomach really doesn't work for somebody that's shorter waisted I would probably go with something a little bit more a-line and princess cut versus a cut at the waist because the cut at the waist will end up keeping the eye at the waist and then to the waist and the hips, which is not great. So sometimes like a dress, you know, and like a jacket over it, you know, an easy dress, you know, without any, any seams in the middle would be extremely helpful because the eye and the focal point won't be looking at the break. You understand? 
So it's kind of straight and easy and long. And then I would probably, of course, if somebody's into layering, you know, you know, pair it, pair it up with some, some nice booties, some nice, um, like a cute crop jacket, as long as the dress isn't so sticking to them. You know, those beautiful swing dresses that are in everywhere right now, I think it's just such an easy base that you can just add on absolutely anything to it like a jacket, a crop top, a coat, a scarf, really cute earrings, cute hat, and like you're good to go as long as, you know, the focal point isn't to the waist and to the hips, you know? And like I said, booties, heels, you know, boots are really somebody's asset also, the height. But again, know how to master your body. Know your body type. Know what works for your body. Know the the do's and don'ts, you know? Sometimes I look at people that are like, oh, that's a major fashion mistake, you know? But again, it's not, not everybody knows their body. Not everybody knows how to handle their body. Not everybody knows how to cover up their imperfections. And that's also an art to just know your body and know how to deal with dressing your body and know what works for you. Well, that's why they come to you. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. I love it. I actually did some personal shopping for a customer as well. I actually find find it really, really fun too, just because it takes me out of my like actual designing zone and I just go out to, you know, the real world and I'm able to, you know, do deal with the latest fashion trends and just put things together properly for a customer. It's it's fun too actually. I actually enjoy that as well. Like anything that has to do with fashion, I'm I'm there. You're down. You're down for that. Okay, good. Totally. So I this is something that definitely comes up a lot, which is in terms of age and the women that come in. So I do think that nowadays age is just a number. So what do you think about age when it comes to designing gowns? Well, I think actually designing gowns comes with a personality. You know, somebody comes in, you obviously assess their personality, and you're able to tell what would work for them. Of course, if somebody has an idea, I'm so open to their ideas. And even if I might dodge something down, I'll even show it to them and prove to them that, you know, it might not be particularly age appropriate. Yes, I do agree that age happens to be a number, but um, I'm I'm a big believer in making people look young and beautiful and effortless and chic and have that vibe, but it also has to look and be tasteful. So, you know, if somebody's going to come in wanting to look like, you know, a 12-year-old, we can use that inspiration and try to create something a little bit more adult-like and a little bit more mature for them. So like I said earlier, every person has their own story to tell and their own personality and their own things that they want to express through their clothing. So I also assess that as well. And then once I get a full picture of somebody, I'm able to gently guide somebody towards the right direction and towards the right decision. Yeah. And this probably is a very hard question, but what is your favorite design that you've made? Well, I have a couple of designs that I absolutely love and certain things I, 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 I have a really, really hard time either selling or giving them away or replicating them because certain things are just so beautiful and, you know, the whole look put together. I have this one piece that I made, um, particularly for myself and I actually ended up giving it to somebody um, for um, mother of bar mitzvah boy. I made it for my son's bar mitzvah for his Shabbos. It was so, so many layers of beautiful tapestries overlined with lace. And then on top of the lace, there were a ton of different beadings. And the fabric was so rich, but yet the style was super cool, like trending walking down the runway type of look. I That was one of my absolutely favorite looks. But I keep on creating different things all the time for myself in particular just because I don't like to look cookie cutter type. I like to look different. I like to look classic. But I also like to have a little 
spin on things, you know. I just don't. I just want to always make sure that it's not overdone, overkill to the hundredth power. And if the dress is that way, then the hair and the accessories need to just be completely monotone and fizzle out in the background. So I always try to change looks. I have so many favorites, and it's so difficult because even when I create something for somebody and they end up keeping it, it's like, like a piece of me is like with them because I love it so so much and I love my creation so so much that it's like I have separation anxiety. Well I I can you know, I can definitely understand that I've had to make some gowns myself, like for sister in law's weddings and yeah. um, you know, it's just like you put so much especially also because you put so much time into it that it's a lot of time. Definitely it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort and something that I noticed, you know, before I've gone into this business and when I've made clothing when I was much younger, you know, by other people, is what I didn't see was people didn't put their heart into it. And there's a major difference when you're get, getting a creation that somebody's actually putting their heart and their soul into it and their actual real creativity into something versus either buying something off the rack or just somebody just doing their job and saying, this is what you want, okay, this is what I'm going to make, take it or leave it, no extra twist on something. So for me, it's more about heart and more about depth and more about getting a piece of me into your creation. Yeah, and I mean, you you just make me want to, I, I wish I had a gown, I wish I had a simcha to make, <laughs> to make I have gown. so many people, they're like, oh my God, monkey, can you make me a dress? Or it's like, like people wait, they're like, oh my God, I can't wait till you make me a creation. And a lot of my friends are like, just do whatever you want for me. Like, do whatever you think is right, you know? And I love when people give me the actual reins. It doesn't always happen. But when I'm able to know somebody and know their personality and their lifestyles and things that they love, I'm able to really mix, you know, their personality into their piece along with my feel and my twist of approval. And, I mean, what in terms of silhouette, is there, I love a dramatic silhouette. I know you recently designed like a high-low ruffle dress. But oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I so I just posted something like that and like an, a high low silhouette is a really good basic. It's really classic. It's really beautiful. You can either have a cut at the waist for people that have teeny teeny tiny waist, or you can create that silhouette as a princess style, which elongates the waist. So that high low silhouette is pretty diverse. Now it can just be an actual you know beautiful fabric. Or we can always add lace and different layers and different dimensions to it, whether it's rhinestones and fabrics or fluffiness or just anything. So the actual silhouette of a high-low is pretty basic, but it can be taken up to different levels and different notches in the fashion industry. Yeah, it's it's pretty... Well, what's nice about it is that automatically, like, there's some interest going on, and and it draws the eye to that. So, you know, it's just like a kind of like a straightforward way to like make an impact right away. So that drama that, factor, dramatic factor, totally, totally. Yeah. So this is a big question, but in terms of modest fashion, because nowadays there is more available in in the modest fashion space. I personally mm-hmm. think that there. There's still room to grow. Like there's, yes, you can go into like Zara and an H&M and you can find things that are modest, but I still feel like there's, there's not enough, um, you know, creativity and like there, it, it could be taken, it could be taken further. What do you think about it? So I love all the modest fashion brands. I personally love it and I really applaud all the women that are go-getters and, you know, they really aspire me. You know, I just personally, for me, I can't dance on way too many weddings. You know, it's like I have to focus on my doing gowns, bridal, or am I now starting to come out with my own line? I always dabbled with doing something like that, and um, I know it's something possible that I would love to do in the future, but like I said, you know, I can't focus on a thousand different things. Um, I love all the kosher, beautiful, different, you know, lines out there. I think a lot of them are amazing, beautiful basics that you can always 
layer and and um, accessorize and stuff like that. Um, there is always a perk of always creating your own clothing to always be different. You know, I guess for an everyday something or rather going to Zara's or all these, you know, bloggers and all these new beautiful pe- um, from people that are coming out with their beautiful clothing, I really, really, really appreciate their styles and I'm, I'm definitely, you know, a fan for sure. But in regards to, you know, on a more higher level of creating something for your party or something, a different something or other that you need to stick out for a special event, definitely I personally wouldn't go and go into Zara to be like the cookie cutter type. But again, for like an everyday Shabbos, I'm totally, I think it's so amazing, so financially friendly and so perfect. But again, for, you know, your particular simcha or for your particular event or for something that you need to look extra wowsy and just, you know, have that amazing awe factor, I really feel like creating something is just so beautiful. And the whole process is really, really enjoyable from, you know, touching fabrics, mixing fabrics, doing different designs. It's just a wonderful experience if somebody has the time, you know, to go there and do that and explore that option. Yeah, and I mean, of course, I definitely appreciate the fact that, you know, nowadays we have all these Jewish companies keeping, you know, the modesty in mind, and you don't have to, you know, buy something at a department store and run to your tailor and add three inches of fabric. And Exactly. You know, so that's an amazing thing that we have and that, you know, maybe somewhat, it, you know, I might take it for granted or whatever it is. Um, but I think I'm kind of like, we're kind of saying the same thing where like, it, it would be nice if there was even more out there, like for that like extra special occasion that you could find something super unique or super high end and high quality, but also and it's affordable, right? Yeah. And, that's and affordable. affordable too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, I think we always have to take in mind people's pockets, and I know that not everybody, you know, has the pockets. So that's why, you know, we always have an option to custom make for rental, or if you really love your piece, you can always custom make to keep. So I try to like, you know, touch all bases. So if somebody feels that they need something and, you know, it shouldn't be completely out of their budget, that's really, you know, I always give people that option to either, you know, custom make it for their event so they have something beautiful and unusual. Or if they love their piece, I try to make it like multi-purposeful. Like for instance, um, I did a gown for a girl and then for her sister's wedding and then she wore it to her vert and I made it into a high-low and I had so many different dimensions and I added different dimensions. I added a complete different overlay and I really, really, I really, really, um, really changed, you know, I really changed the gown up for them and I really created a different silhouette, a complete look. So that's why I call things like multi-purposeful because when I envision something and if somebody is going to be spending be spending that money, then you know I kind of am like, okay, if this is what they're spending and they want it to have, you know, multi-purpose, then we go basically from there and say, hey, this can be done afterwards. This can be done afterwards. This can be done into a party dress. This overlay can be changed, and the, the client is able to envision a different life or a different animal or a different, you know, creation from what we already did. So that's what that's what's pretty cool about custom making, really trying to do different things, different options, different ideas, and really brainstorming for somebody to get the best out of their buck, as they say. That's amazing, and it's so great that, it, you know, your pieces can be transformed like that, and it's versatile, and why shouldn't they, why shouldn't they, they should wear it more than once. They should, if, if you know, especially if they love it, then, you Absolutely. Know, so that's amazing. So that's where you have me and my vision, and that's where I go far beyond the paper, the pencil, the actual silhouette on you. Then I can draw something else up and just make something else up and say, hey, this this can be its future one day, whether you get married or a sister's wedding or Shavashim Brachas or something like that. 
And in terms of when you're when you are making the dress for them or the gown, do you start with the fabric first? Do you pick a silhouette first? How do you So like so so as we spoke earlier, it depends really of, you know, how how direct the client is cuz sometimes the client will be like I want this look and then I'll sit them down and say, what do you like about this look? Do you like the fabric? Do you like the style? You know, so it really, really, really depends. Or something is going to have to say, go and say, my color scheme is pink. Um, this is my body type. So it, you have to really take a bunch of different factors into consideration before saying we're starting here and we're starting here and we're starting there. Um, it really depends on what the client is coming to you for. And then there are a couple of different avenues of what way you head down in picking either as it style first or if it's fabric first. Because if somebody's very, very thin, any style really, really works. If somebody's more on the heavier side, style is really, really important. And then, you know, we pick fabric according to the style and to a person's body type. So it really depends how direct a customer is in their wants and needs or precise. And if they're not precise, I'll look at their body first. And then I'll start flipping through photos or I'll tell them go through my Instagram account or go, I have so many Ola magazines, which are, you know, these Italian magazines, which have these beautiful, most beautiful designer runway looks. So we can go through things and I, based upon, you know, having a conversation and sitting with a client for a while, I'm able to understand their vibe and their wants and needs. And then we go from there. Wow. So do you, I'm curious, do you have any advice for someone that is um, planning on going into the fashion industry or, you know, at, wants to, you know, do something in fashion? Well, for me, really, ultimately, I really feel like everybody should really follow their dream because you have to work with something, you know, in something that makes you happy. Um, like I said, I really feel like once I see my client or my customer glowing and feeling absolutely beautiful and radiant in their pieces, there's no greater happiness of like self-satisfaction that makes me feel beautiful. It's like an instant high that makes me just want to continue on and continue pushing and, you know, designing. Um, it's a competitive world out there, definitely in the from world. But I am a strong believer that the right person and the right people do knock on your doorsteps and that Hashem runs the world. And, you know, there there are plenty of customers for everybody. And, you know, I wish bad upon any of my, you know, as they say, competitions because I don't really feel like there's competition. You know, whether it's that style or that style, I really feel like now these days, Everybody's really trying to just promote each other and really trying to, you know, do the best and give the best. So I'm all for design and I'm all for everything. It is time consuming, you know, especially if you sit and invest your hard, you know, your your efforts. You invest all your time and your your soul into something. And, you know, it takes a lot out of you because you really, really do put your heart into a creation. Um, it, it is tiring sometimes, that's for sure, especially for always having wonderful customer service, which actually I am very well known for, to keeping my customers and my clients extremely happy. So, you know, that is something 25 hours a day. You know, I always tell my clients, you know, if you need you can totally email me or text message me. I'll definitely get back to you within 24 hours. I'll never leave you hanging. If you ever had a question or something like that, I'll always respond to you. And I'm always, you know, here that they shouldn't feel like, oh, my gosh, this person's making me down and, you know, I'm going to get it the day before the wedding. You know, throughout the yeah. whole process, I basically keep in touch with everybody. And it's, it's really a full-time job, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, it's extremely rewarding when you see that smile on the person's face, especially the ones that walk in that don't have that self-confidence, that stature, and then they walk out with that beautiful piece with their hair and their makeup done and their shoes and the accessories and they look like a million bucks. And that, for me, is success. 
so basically, well, it's hard to put everything that you said in an, into a nutshell, but I think it's really important to follow your dreams and your passions and stay true to what you're good at and what you love. And what are your goals for the future? I would love to still create, still be the same Maki, still be the nice Maki that's known in the industry. I don't ever want to ever get sucked into something, you know, the name, oh, she's the owner or she's the whatever. I'm no, I'm, I'm known to be nice. I'm known to be sweet. I never want to deviate from that line at all. I want, I still want to be known as sweet monkey that, that was able to help you make you feel beautiful, you know, um, not just the owner of Silver Linings. Um, my long-term goal, I would love to eventually branch a little bit more out in different areas in the world, obviously um, in the non-Jewish community, which I have been dabbling here and there with, which happens to be a wonderful experience, a little different than the film world. Um, I would love to create my own line. I think my family has been pushing me for so many years to create my own line. Um, when Hashem gives me a little bit more time to breathe, I think maybe I'll be able to focus on that. Um, although it's amazing to be busy, um, and my Hashem, I do plan to do that eventually. I'm not sure if it would be on an everyday outfit item, but I definitely would probably do some sort of affordable evening wear that probably would have multi-purpose, you know, purpose purposes, you know. Um, I'd love to expand. I'd love to obviously, of course, get bigger and better. But again, everything is Hashem and everything comes with in its own time and its own place. Yeah, and I really appreciate your time in, you know, sharing your inspirations and, you know, just giving. I I think that I'm very excited for the future of Silver Lining Gowns and I hope that you continue to do the thing that you love to do. Thank you so, so much for this opportunity and I'm so grateful for having this. Um, and for your time, and hopefully in my session, I guess we should only meet in Simchas. That is right. Amazing. Thank you so much, and have a great, You're welcome. great day. You're welcome. Take care. Be well. Have a good day. Break it down.